All right, I'm I'm here with the uh, director uh, Joseph Kahn and uh, Caleb Worthy and uh, Jackie Long, and y'all here in town for uh, Bodied, uh, which is uh, coming out next Friday. Uh, theatrical. Uh, so uh, so yeah yeah, I saw a movie. It's a uh, very interesting ride. It, it, it's almost I don't even, uh, without spoiling too much. It's almost like uh, Eight Mile for people who are pissed off that Eminem walked away as like the hero of the movie and stuff. I don't know if that was the intention of it. <laughs> but uh, just, I mean, what, I guess let's start from the beginning. Where it got you into wanting to do this film? I mean, I actually started uh, my career, I mean, I've done 30 years of music videos and I actually started mm -hmm. it here in Houston with rap -A Records. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. Yeah, so I was doing Did that. Ghetto Boys video, right? Like Ghetto Boys and Scarface and uh, Fifth Ward Boys. All that I did like 15 videos for them before I moved to LA, mm -hmm. and I remember seeing the rap culture here, and and the way and there's a very specific thing that happened. I remember, there's a very specific thing that happens specifically in black neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. A sense of humor I thought was very fascinating, mm -hmm. which is uh, you know the snapping, the your mama jokes, the battle rapping and stuff like that. There's kind of a an honesty in terms mm -hmm. of how the, uh, people would interact with you, and they would do it to me by the way. Like mm -hmm. you be an Asian director in a black neighborhood, you're gonna hear every fucking joke thrown your way, you know? Mm -hmm. So I always wanted to make a movie about that and, and what that meant. And also how does that relate in the modern world? Because I actually see kind of this interesting split happening. There's the humor of urban culture, which is very real and very raw, mm -hmm. versus the implications of how we want to talk to each other about race and sex and politics. And we're so very reserved about it and we, we, we carve out our spaces. But yet we know that when it when it comes down to the reality of how people act on the street, it's completely different than what they say in uh, social media. Mm -hmm. So I guess you two play the uh, main characters, and just uh, how do you go about uh, uh, preparing to uh, immerse yourselves into uh, the world of battle rapping? A lot of studying. <laughs> yeah, the biggest thing for for this for this role is. Um, Learning how to, to rap. Yeah. Um, I, I was Jackie knew how to rap. You got you had you had a little bit. Behind you. I did so, did so many movies with rappers. It's like yeah. you gotta know something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, but we did a lot of research, YouTube. You know, mm -hmm. to to look at certain battle rappers and to know how to perform battle rap because you have to perform. It's not just you sitting there battle rapping. You have to interact with the crowd. You have to do so much. So. Mm. But a lot of YouTube videos we watched, and, and then the battle rappers that we had on set with us as well, they was a big help. Yeah, because I was trying to see, like, who, I mean, who the, who wrote most of the uh, battle rapping in the uh, in the movie? Well, the, uh, the, the script was written by a battle rapper named Kid Twist, mm -hmm. um, and he wrote, I'd say, like a good 70% of the battle raps, and mm -hmm. the other 30% were by the individual. When we actually had real battle rappers on set, mm -hmm. they would, a lot of times they would just write their own lines. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, just I was about to do it with anything like uh, ad libbed or off the cuff or nothing like that. Just, Not for uh, us. No, no we, we treated the battle raps like Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, uh, first of all, you don't want just superfluous, superfluous rhymes going on mm -hmm. uh, that have nothing to do with the story. So yeah. all those battle raps propel the story forward every line. Yeah. And um, like Shakespeare, you don't change Shakespeare. Like, yeah. you change one line and it suddenly doesn't rhyme. Mm -hmm. um, so, no, we, we took those <clears throat> errors. We, we treated it like the Bible. Yeah, you, you have this, like, very satirical, uh, you know, just time, baseline throughout the whole movie where it's just like you're setting up, uh, you know, hip-hop culture and all that. And just, uh, I mean, it almost, like, made me wonder just, like, what exactly 
I mean, is it are you got is it kind of like you mocking battle rap or is it just there's just some things in battle rap that just uh, are taken too seriously that you just wanted to. I you know uh, I used it's a film about battle rap, but mm-hmm. really battle rap is just a metaphor and a symbol for overall uh, culture itself. Yeah. Um, in terms of the way that we have a dialogue, I mean, if if you took the theme of the movie in terms of how people get offended with each other, mm-hmm. um, it, if you made a realistic version of it, it would just be people on a c- computer typing and saying mean things to each other yeah. on Twitter. But that's a really boring movie. Yeah. But that's the way most people sort of live their lives on social media, getting fights on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. So battle rap is just a symbolization of that in a mm. visceral cinematic form. Yeah. Um, so on a certain level, yes, we are commenting on battle rap, but, but ultimately I think the greater purpose of the movie is to um, criticize all of society and satirize it using mm. battle rap as your base. Like it, in, in a way, because like once again, not to give away too much, but it's like this movie goes on this journey where it's like a one character... Um, you know, he 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 strives to uh, be a you know battle rapper and just uh, just goes through motions and everything, and then he becomes uh, the uh, kind of like the ultimate like the, the you know the master dead. But he loses so much. It's kind of like that that really the Bible quote like uh, you know what um what you know what does a man gain uh, from the world if he does uh, you know he loses his soul and everything. And I don't know if that was kind of where you're going with that. It's definitely a journey. In that, well, let's face it, okay, um, a lot of rappers, not only battle rappers, by the time they become big and famous, they turn into villains as much as they turn into heroes. Mm-hmm. Look at Kanye, for instance, you know? Yeah. At one point, he was a hero. He could be a villain at this point in his life. You know, yeah. it's a very big possibility. Mm-hmm. And uh, what ends up happening is that when you make a living off of saying things, that's what battle rap is, it's just flat out telling people your thoughts. Uh, the person that you are successful, that, that, that once you get to that point where you can say whatever you want, you might not be the same person in the beginning. When mm-hmm. Kanye was on the street, he was one person. When Kanye is living in his Calabasas mansion, you know, with his rich wife, and he's been displaced from normal people for, you know, a good 15 years now, who is that person? Is yeah. it the same person that was telling you all those stories, you know, back in the day? Yeah. Or is that a new person? And that's a question that the movie kind of asks. The person that Adam was in the beginning is not who the person he is at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also kind of like, you know, this is kind of directed to all y'all just in terms of like the uh, you know, movie, all, yeah, you say make, uh, kind of makes mocks of a lot of things, but also mainly the whole issue with uh, cultural appropriation and how uh, just like how is it mostly, uh, you, know, you know, white people infiltrating hip hop culture where just like is it is that the, uh, is this still a, a major issue and just because it's gotten to the point now because like I remember when you know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when rap was kind of seen as this uh, subculture yeah subculture mm-hmm. and everything and just like you, you well, these days like you know you know, everybody like white kids, black kids, they kids, well, whatever well, they I, all love rap. It's oh, like, so I've been in the music industry for thirty years now. Yeah, you know, and I and I'm like part of the first generation that actually experienced rap as a consumer. You know, mm-hmm. like there's there's a generation before me that experienced rap as the inventors, those guys in Brooklyn and the Bronx and all you know and the, and all that. But as a consumer, I remember hearing rap for the first time in a world where it didn't exist, and things mm-hmm. like Dougie Fresh would come out or Slick, yeah. Slick Rick or 
or, or a Run DMC would come out, and I remember hearing how different this music was, and it was it was. I remember like in the '80s, people used to debate whether rap was music at all, whatever the hell that meant, whatever yeah. that argument was, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's I, being in the music video industry, rap is the biggest uh, thing that sells in, in anything. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. it sells everything around the world. It's mm -hmm. the most dominant cultural factor and and mover of the record. If there's no rap, there'd be no record business at this point. Yeah, and so. Now you see all these like white kids trying to be rappers, yeah. Because it's literally the only way to make money in the record business. So the question is, what's the validity of it? You know, like mm -hmm. what is the authentic origin of rap, and what is it turning into? And the question of uh, Eight Mile back in the day. And I, by the way, I believe that Eminem's story is very different than Adam's story because Eminem yeah. was actually from the street. Yeah. Adam is not. Adam is a, a privileged white kid that went to college and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So the question uh, when it came out 16 years ago at that point was of Eight Mile was can a white guy rap? That was a big question. We didn't know if white people could actually rap or do anything. Like, it just didn't exist until Eminem came along. And by the way, there's very few people outside of Eminem that can still do that anyways. 16 years later, the question in today's environment is, should a white guy rap? Yeah. Should a, should a white guy rap, Kevin? Well, we're just, we're just questioning. Mean, it's, a free, it's a free world. Everybody should be able to do what they want to do. If you're yeah. good at it, do it. If you not, sit your ass down. Yeah, that's how I see. I don't care what race you is. Mm. <laughs> you. Uh, I think that this this movie asks that question and asks, it asks a lot of questions around cultural appropriation. We don't want to give answers. We want to spark conversation at the end of the movie. Mm. Yeah, I got the tap on the shoulder. Uh, but um, <laughs> uh, I I was want I never thought I'd be in the room to ask you this question, but I always wanted to ask because um, years ago you you made a, a film uh, called Torque. Yeah. And I just wanted to know would would you ever would you ever think of Armand White's uh, review of that? Because he like there was a while there like he was going uh, go really going you know to bat for the movie and everything because well you know there were a lot of reviews saying but I remember you saying like it was you you purposely made. Torque to be even more sillier than the Fast and Furious movie and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think Armand nailed it pretty good with this review. And it yeah. was one of the sort of first people to really get. You know, Armand's an interesting dude. You know. Yes, yeah, very interesting. I find I find him like he's an original for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's towing the Republican line a little hard right now. You know, mm -hmm. but I, I miss the Armand from uh, 2004. That's for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, yeah. And I and I still I still I still regardless of, I, I think our politics are very different. But I still have deep respect for his deep thinking on movies, yeah. and he was able to like get underneath Torque. He literally saw uh, me behind the curtain uh, making my cultural statements when no one else took it seriously, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was definitely a satire, just as much attention as a satire and body to satire. Torque was a satire of those movies and the time period uh, of that, and uh, and it was uh, Torque was definitely a bit more racial than than the Fast and Furious movies necessarily wanted to be. Mm. And it was a comment on that. And Armand saw that. And I thought that yeah. was that was really cool. It was like it was actually kind of freaked me out like a, a film critic at that point could actually see that so clearly. Yeah. All right, I think I think that's all the time I have to yeah. All right. <laughs> thanks, buddy. All right, thanks man. I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks very much. Appreciate you.